0: Farmers today are facing rising costs, volatile markets, and extreme weather. The A Better Way to Farm podcast digs into strategies to help you take control of farm inputs and maximize profit, so your farm can thrive for generations. Remember to take advantage of our free resources at abetterwaytofarm.com. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host.
1: Welcome to today's episode. Rod here at A Better Way to Farm, where we increase yields and improve profits. Thank you for taking your time and tuning in today. We have a fantastic that I am stoked about because we get to share with an individual who has had some great experience here and is going to share that experience with you. Hopefully, it'll lead you in a path of uh, being able to head a little closer to your goals and what you want to do. We're very fortunate today to have a good friend of mine from over in Indiana who's agreed graciously to give us some of his busy time and be on the call. And I'd like to welcome Zach. Zach, thank you for joining us.
0: Hey, thanks for having me here, Rod. I appreciate it. Well, it's
1: an honor to get to talk to you again. I always love talking to you and your grandpa. It's always a good time, and I just think the world of your family. Zach, let's talk a little bit before a better way to farm. What did your system look like? What did you do for inputs on corn and soybeans?
0: Okay, so soybeans, we did not run any starter at all. It was just local co-op came out, spread dry on. We did not soil test except for every four years. It was pretty common around here. That's just what we knew and what we went by. It's, you know, kind of how we've been doing it since we started in the 80s. Corn, we started with 10340 starter, side dressed, and then from there, you know, we don't use any anhydrous. Never have, probably never will. Pretty common stuff around here. Same dry program, never changed much. Hadn't even heard of micronutrients. So that was just something we never worried about. That was a big change for sure. Well, that's interesting.
1: Interesting. So how did you find us? How did you get hooked up with A Better
0: Way to Farm? It's an amazing story, really. Uh, we'll get into it here in a little bit, but I custom bailed quite a bit of hay, and another friend of mine, uh, Caleb Carpenter there, he called and said, hey, I, I need some hay baled. I said, well, what do you got, Caleb? He said, well, it's all my waterways in between my fields. I thought, man, this guy, he's really onto something. I went out there and baled all these waterways expecting weeds, and Rod, it was some of the nicest grass hay I've ever baled. It was two and a half, three bales of the acre. And for anybody that's ever baled hay with a 1066, your arm gets pretty tired backing up, baling two and a half, three bales of the acre. He went on to tell me about everything he used on his crops, how he got started with you guys. And for a minute, I thought this guy was really headed off the deep end there. It all started to make sense. And... I knew I needed a change. Well, that's fantastic. What a unique story. I uh,
1: Oftentimes, that's the way it is. It's a referral from someone to someone else. Zach, let's dive in specifically. And I'd like to talk about your results this year on soybeans only. We may do another call on corn in the future. But for today, I want to focus on beans. And here's the reason. I've got so many people who call and they're They're all saying, you know, look, we're pretty happy with our corn. We're at 220 or 260, or I haven't got some guys with 280, 285 bushel corn, but we're not happy with our soybeans. Our soybean yields have not improved in relationship to our corn yields, and we want to know what to do differently. So let's talk a little bit about here. Let's just go through. You did some tests this year,
0: correct, comparing a conventional system to our system. Absolutely. So we just kept on with our conventional system. The only thing dividing the two farms is a fence row. It's as close as you can get. Conventional system, you know, we just went out, spread some dry last spring, and we just kind of left it be. We were in the same boat as everybody else. We were not happy with soybeans. You know, it was one of those things we put them out there, we get what we get. Nobody really worried about it. Well, I was worried about it. So we went ahead and put in a check this year we put on some invero starter, foliar fed twice and had some really great results. Fantastic. Let's
1: get specific into this. What was your do you know what your dry spread was? Could we tell the people what that
0: side of the field got? That over there ended up costing us about 110 bucks an acre, mostly just potash. That's about all they ever put on here. We don't get much more fancy than that. Okay. Let's talk about the other side of the field. What tell
1: me Specifically, you know, what micros, what starter, what did you use
0: there? Absolutely. So between the starter and the foliar, we were using 31818 sidekick. We were using some CentOS, sugar, uh, boron, copper, manganese, zinc. We've kind of seen that across the board. Those are the main deficiencies we've had. It was it was all pretty common <laughs> to see that in everything we did this year. Okay, let's talk about that. You know, how did you go out into that
1: field? you just walk out there and say, gee, I think I'll put on some manganese and some zinc and some boron? How did you determine what you needed? How
0: did you determine how much you needed? Well, we've used that method for a long time. We just walked out there and thought, huh, yeah, I think that'll work. We'll do that. Well, (laughs) this year was different since we started with you guys. Uh, We started from the ground up, literally. We went out there, pulled soil samples. It was cold and snowing. We went out and braved it, pulled them and got a complete soil test back. That is absolutely crucial. If anybody takes anything away from this, I hope it's that. Please focus on your soil test. That's one way you can improve a lot, is knowing what you need.
1: What was your biggest surprise in your soil test? Because I'm guessing that you weren't really expecting it to show you some of the things it did. What took you by surprise?
0: Well, the biggest thing was how low some of the micros were. Like I said, we never really worried much about them. You know, I'd always heard the old saying, well, they're in the ground. Just use them there. It, you don't have to put any on. Well, that's wrong. I, <laughs> I was thoroughly surprised. Okay. Can you give me any ideas to the rate? Like how much boron, how much manganese, how much zinc did you need? Well, we ended up putting on, let's see, the boron foliar was just under a quarter gallon to the acre. Actually, about all of them were right in that area. We've talked about it before. We don't put boron in the seed trench.
1: Right on. Yeah, no. So restate that. I'm not sure I understood you correctly. Uh, we were putting on about a quarter gallon to the acre. Of, of total. Of, 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 of total. Okay. Okay. So yes. four. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Two pints, one quart. That is uh, that is not uncommon. How did you apply
0: that boron since you couldn't put it in the trench? Uh, we split that between two foliar passes. Since we don't put it in the seed trench, we just run in on the planter. We did away with the two-by-two. Two. Uh, okay. We, we've kind of been focused on focusing on getting it in the seed trench where it needs it, but then we went back with a foliar pass and touched up the boron when the plant needed it the most. Absolutely, and that's kind of critical is that, Zach, it's pretty cool to
1: see you be a quick study because a lot of people, they struggle trying to figure this out, but that boron needs to be available throughout the growing season and it doesn't translocate in the plant very well so multiple applications is always better and i commend you for that that's part of the reason for your your big success here let's talk a little bit about foliar feeding because some people are really scared of that
0: how hard really was it zach we started with the bare minimum we just (laughs) spray with a tractor and a three-point mounted sprayer we don't cover as much as some of these guys do with a with a self-propelled ground rig but You start with a soil test from the ground up, get your recommendation. It's a cakewalk. Okay.
1: What time of day did you do your foliar work?
0: So a lot of it depends on temperature. It's really, really critical. One of our good friends, Chris, kind of emphasized that to me, and I, I greatly appreciate him doing that. You know, and we've had several conversations about it. You know, spray early in the morning, spray in the evening. But if it gets up around 80 degrees plus, Turn the key on the tractor. Go play golf. Go fish. Do whatever you want to do. Just don't spray. (laughs) Go somewhere,
1: but don't go here. That's exactly right. Yep, eighty-six is the magic number, and when we get there, we are done. And so that's kind of a a critical component to being successful here with that. So you full air fed two trips. Is that what you said on your beans? Yep, yep. On the beans, we made two (laughs) trips. Okay, let's talk about your results. Give me the yield off your conventional program. Give me the yield off of your you know, we're using the Better Way to Farm system.
0: Absolutely. So the conventional program was a 71 bushel the acre this year, and the uh, the Better Way to Farm program made 85 bushel the acre. It's it's the best crop we've had off this farm since my family bought this place in 1943.
1: Wow, that's really cool. Now, one of the things that people ask about is, okay, so you got more yield, but did you make any more money? What was your cost of production per bushel on the conventional versus your cost of production on our system?
0: Absolutely. The conventional program cost us about $1.55 a bushel. And then going back to the Better Way to Farm program, dollar and about $1.42 a bushel. So uh, we were about 13 cents a bushel cheaper with the Better Way to Farm.
1: Now, obviously, you're talking just your fertility. That doesn't do all that. You didn't take in land rent and all of that stuff. But So you made an extra 13 cents a bushel, in essence, on 85 bushel the acre. And so that's substantial, plus you had a significant yield increase. So it's pretty cool to see how that works out. What do you see yourself doing? What are you going to do this year? What's your plan going forward here in 24? Well,
0: uh, anybody that's ever farmed with their grandpa or their brother or any sort of family, they know there's always some tension there. So we kind of pumped the brakes last year. We didn't go full tilt with everything. And after we took the last load across the scales at the elevator and saw what it made, we're going to be going full tilt on all of our acres next year. Yeah, so Grandpa had a new opinion? <laughs> he had a complete new <clears good throat> opinion. He was pretty skeptical last year. And uh, I told him, I said, just hold on, let's let's get you in the combine this fall and see what you decide there. And well, he's decided we're putting it on all the acres. Yeah, it's a lot more fun to cut those beans and make it in the 80s, I think,
1: right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I I love that. Are you going to do anything different? I mean, obviously, you're going to use the system on everything, having proven it to yourself. But what do you see yourself, any other things you're going to change or do different here as we launch off into 24?
0: Absolutely. The biggest thing is we're going to kind of add a few more things in as far as foliar feeding. We'd like to experiment maybe with some drone spraying to get in a little more timely fashion Uh, that's one thing i'd really like to experiment with also maybe looking into doing a little bit more with our corn also i really would like to do more with the corn i think we can push it a lot just seeing what we've done with the beans i think there's a lot more potential with the corn also
1: yeah guy hates leaving that potential lay on the table i agree you know i'm super excited about the future drones a lot of the guys on our team have drones and then a bunch of the others are hiring those guys to do work for them. I don't have a drone, but my good friend Chris, he comes down and drones for us, you know, and and we fly on some nutrients there a couple times a year, fly on some fungicide and get tremendously good results. And we're excited about the future of drones and ag. We think it's going to be really big. So talk to us about the fundamentals of agronomy program.
0: What did you think of that last year when you went through it? Oh man I've been through it twice, and I think a guy could go to one every week but we've got one here in the wintertime and still not gain at all I mean there's just so much knowledge there's so many new people it's amazing i like I said I keep going because I know there's always more to learn or something I didn't catch last time you know it's something I want to bring back more
1: you bet I have a good friend Scott from up in the Dakotas and I saw him in Sioux Falls, and then he came back over. We were in Burnsville this past week and in Minnesota there, and he went through, and I said, well, how was it? And he's probably been through the program, I don't know, six or eight times, and, and this time he went through it twice in less than a month. I said, well, how was it? He goes, man, look at these notes. This is the stuff that I've never caught before. This is the stuff I'm going to improve on, do with. And I thought, man, that's really cool to to be able to just keep getting new things, to glean stuff that's going to make it better for you, and we are excited about it. Well, Zach, is there anything else you'd like to talk about in regards to 23, just any observations or anything that you'd like to share with what happened?
0: Absolutely. You know, a lot of guys, they get on social media and they see all these combine yield monitors going 300, 330, 340, you know, up in that range. I really do like seeing that. It's it's huge to see people get that kind of yields. But the main thing I like to see around here that we've been able to accomplish this year is bring that lower yield up. We take our lower yielding ground and bring it up to meet an average and just improve the farm average. I really like that more than anything.
1: Yeah, but, you know, the bottom line is when you're, I, I did a Farm for Profit podcast here a while back, and one of the guys on there said they had a speaker about six months before me, and he said, guys, you probably got fields that you shouldn't be farming, or you got pieces of fields, 10-acre wet spots, or, you know, trouble areas that you should just put in CRP and not farm. Just absolutely not farm because the bottom line is when you have you're getting 240 bushel corn and all is going well and then you hit five or six places that are making 85 that just creams an average absolutely smokes it and so if we can tighten that yield curve and you're getting you know you're running out there you're getting consistent 240s but instead of getting those 80s or hundreds you can move those up to 150s 160s it's equal opportunity nutrition for every plant and it does make a difference. And what that final deal is because the yield monitor at 360 is a lot of fun, but the bottom line is what was the farm average, right? Absolutely. <laughs> That's the part that counts. That's the part that makes money. So I'm going to be anxious next year. I want to, next year, we're going to reconvene Zach. I'd like to do a, a show where we talk about your farm average in 2022 and your farm average in 2024, when you go to the full system, so we can see both corn and beans. That's going to be a lot of fun to see, uh, what happens here as we go on. Well, Zach, one of the questions that sometimes people will ask, they they tend to do it on the side. They get around someone that works with us and they wait till no one's listening. So I'm going to go ahead and ask it. You can just address this. What do you like about working with us? Why do you work with a better way to farm?
0: Oh man, there's so many different reasons, but I'll tell you one of my favorites. I was getting ready to go foliar feed and I had a question that I really needed answered. So I called one of our good friends, Mason, there on a Sunday afternoon at 4.30, waiting on it to cool off so I could go spray. And he answered the phone on the first ring. Absolutely love that about working with you guys. It doesn't matter what time it is or who I call. If I've got a question, somebody's going to answer it, and it's right here at our fingertips.
1: Uh, I mean, the bottom line is, I know, I can remember when I was a kid, you're a lot younger than I am. I'm closer to Grandpa Fred than I am you. But, you know, I can remember when I was a kid that our local grain elevators, they stayed open twenty four hours a day. We weren't getting near the yield that we're getting now. But they in the fall, man, there's somebody there all the time. The retailers on the on the fertilizer side, you know, they worked all you know they work late at night and they work weekends and they work you know Saturday Sunday whatever. And now I see these guys on Memorial Day take a three day weekend and it's just like. Dude, that's not our business. You know, that, that the farmer don't take a three-day weekend. He ain't going to the lake. Take, and then Maybe they take an extra day on the front and an extra day on the back, and all of a sudden, it's five. And so, yeah, that's important. And our team is uh, pretty good at answering the phone and getting back to you, trying to get you those answers. So, well, Zach, we really appreciate it. Dude, I know that you're busy. I don't want to eat you up for time. One last time, there's going to be a whole bunch of these Fundamentals of Agronomy trainings across the U.S. here in January and February. One more time, what would you tell the people if they're thinking about going, they can't decide if they should or shouldn't go invest two
0: days in this, what would you tell them? I'll tell you, we've got a fleet of dump trucks on top of farming, and the knowledge I gain at a two-day Fundamentals of Agronomy program, no matter how many times I've been to it, turn the key on that truck, leave it sit, turn the key on the bulldozer, leave it sit, go to that training, please. I encourage you to do it. I promise you will bring home something that'll improve your operation. Good advice.
1: I appreciate it, Zach. I'm going to wrap this thing up. We'd like to say thanks to Zach from uh, over in Indiana for hanging out with us here for a while and sharing what his results were. Guys, if you're interested, you want to talk to Zach, you get a hold of me and I will make sure that that happens. We can do a three-way call. You can ask him any question you want, or if you come up to one of the uh, Fundamentals of Agronomy, you never know, he might just be sitting there. Get a chance to meet him and talk to him. So we appreciate you tuning in. We thank you for your time. As always, we hope you are having a better day. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.